Welcome to the Sandbox Cooperative Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Dave. And I'm Carrie. And thanks for joining us. So we are going to get right into it this week. Uh, in today's episode, each of us, we're going to share a story of an experience we had that was somehow important. One of those experiences that just seemed to be full of life where we, we really noticed that something special was going on and was happening. Yeah, like three awesome, real life Absolutely true as we remember them experiences. <laughs> as we remember them. As we yeah, remember them. As a nod to the Moth podcast. But they're they're all tied together and, and, and maybe in some ways that we wouldn't have seen coming. So here's a few things to listen for in today's episode. Why were these awesome? What made these experiences memorable or important? And what experiences have you had that you would put into this category? So with that, welcome to episode 93, Storytime. Welcome to the Sandbox. So as we were thinking about uh, these stories that we were going to tell, I uh, actually, I've got a, a lot of these, I think. Um, it You've was got a lot of stories. <laughs> I, do, I do have a lot of stories. It was actually really interesting because um, I had kind of this strange moment of like, oh man, I don't know if I have any stories. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they kind of like started flooding back, which was just I don't know. I don't know what to do with that other than I think that was really interesting. But um, so when they started coming through, I was thinking about all these different ones. And uh, the first one, I I couldn't quite pin it down, but I feel like it had something to do with like uh, being in nature or, um, you know, I think like I was was Dave and I were chatting about this the other day and I was going to say like the first time I was in Colorado and saw mountains. Mm -hmm. And then I remember that the first time I was in Colorado and saw mountains, it was actually like so foggy that you were driving along your front range and you couldn't see any mountains at all, which is like a really disappointing first visit to Colorado. (laughs) That scene from Dumb and Dumber. Man, that John Denver. (laughs) He's full of. But but yeah, I mean, I, you know, it just like, that's one of the first ones that popped in my head was just kind of those types of experiences where it feels like, uh, you just like kind of awestruck at the things around you. Um, mm-hmm. as I was thinking a little bit more, um, kind of one that stood out to me pretty, pretty clearly, um, was, uh, a few years ago, my, and, and I'm going to break, just break the rules and tell all these stories, by the way. Okay, great. Um, a few years ago, um, my, my grandpa passed away and we were back, we were back home for, uh, for his funeral. And, um, you know, there were a couple points throughout growing up where, uh, my uncle wasn't, uh, was having some health issues and, uh, my cousins would all come over and hang out with us. And, you know, my parents would be gone for work at the day and my grandparents would be there and they'd be watching all six of us, you know, me and my brother and sister and, and my cousins. And, um, and so anyway, at my, at my grandpa's funeral a few years ago, uh, we had, we, uh, rang the bell in the, in the church and uh, it was kind of cool. Cause it was like right off of like attached to the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, you know, like a bunch of us, it was like my brother and sister and I, and the cousins that hung out with us and like all kind of all the extended family cousins. And like all of us like grabbed a hold of this rope and pulled it together and like rang this bell. And it was just kind of one of those moments where, uh, I like realized like how big my grandpa's impact was, you know, obviously it was, it was, it was apparent that it was, was huge for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, it was something different when like there were that many of us. Um, you know, and there, you know, my grandpa was 82. It was a small country church. There were not a whole lot of people there that weren't family or, or close friends, but, um, still that impact was just really, really apparent. So yeah. something about you all piled up, piled into that small space and, and ringing that bell. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, I don't, I don't know what it was about that, that moment other than like kind of reflecting on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just must've been something about 
how how big someone's uh, an individual person's impact can be you know mm -hmm. just something like that mm -hmm. but, um and then i guess where i to continue because again i'm breaking the rules but where i landed was um as a musician you know i've just got so many places where uh i'll be playing with other musicians and just like all of a sudden like like you kind of lose track of time mm -hmm. you lose track of um like even like the song you're playing sometime. I had, this is a little bit of an aside, but I distinctly remember my my senior choir concert in high school. I was like thinking about what I was going to eat afterwards and still <laughs> like music was coming out of my mouth. I'm thinking um, about where I'm going to eat it afterwards right now. So. <laughs> and you're still podcasting. And I'm still podcasting. Right? It's magic. <laughs> it's, um, but no, I mean, like it's, it. I, I was actually, uh, this just happened to me this past week. Actually, I was, um, I was playing with a group and um, a couple of musicians that had never played together and, and everything just kind of clicked. And it was just one of those weeks where like, I didn't have to try. Like mm -hmm. I just kind of was in the middle of it and everything was kind of happening around me. And, um, you know, and, and I was chatting with one of the musicians afterwards and um, he was kind of saying like, just how, how weird it is when those things click together. And I was kind of saying, um, yeah. And I don't even know that you can explain that to people that aren't musicians. You know, it's just like, there's something about the way that, that, that you communicate through, it's not words. It's mm -hmm. like sometimes a little bit of movement. And then it's also like literally the thing that's coming out of your instrument. Uh, it's just a very strange thing, but there's something, uh, unique in that, that I haven't experienced kind of anywhere else. Yeah. It's four or five different instruments, four or five different people all kind of doing your own thing, but but also not, but not. Yeah. 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 It's just really, really a strange experience. And I would, I would definitely like lift up some of those moments as some of the most like strangely powerful experiences that I've had, which is really like, even when it's been, you know, me and two other people in somebody's basement, you know, like we're not even like performing for anybody. <laughs> uh, there's just sometimes like, there's just like a strange, like synergy and connection between people that like, mm -hmm. it's just hard to hard to describe outside of that context. And yet you've been a musician for most of your life and you've had that experience m many, many times over. And so have other musicians. So what language do you guys use to describe mm. it? So I, um, I mean, it's really like, I'll, I'll like try to think about like the actual words. Like I'll, I'll like, I'll use like it, it all clicked or like um, it felt really tight. Um, and it's, it's certainly like, there's some rhythmic nature to that too, you know, like, are we actually on beat together, <laughs> which is like kind of step one, but, um, but yeah, like it, it, there's, there's, um, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's a sense of, I think synergy is probably the best way to describe. It. And I don't know that I use that word, like out, like in that context, specifically if I'm talking with other musicians, but, um, like like somehow you're all on the same page, somehow mm -hmm. everything is working together, uh, in a way that. I mean, if you've ever been to a fifth grade band concert, right? <laughs> like there are times where you're making music, but it's not working together. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there are also, you know, there are professional musicians too, where you go see them and you're like, this was not on, you know? Uh, I mean, if you've been to a number of concerts too, you know, like sometimes if you see the same band a number of times, you know, when they have an off night, <laughs> you know? Um, mm -hmm. And that's certainly, you know, again, how the music sounds, but there's something about the experience of being in it and creating it too that. Uh, you can feel that in a way that 
uh, yeah, I just, I don't even know what other words I would use, but. Do you, as a musician, do you, you've had that experience a lot of times over, but do you get to a point where you like crave that experience? Like, man, I, I need to be a part of something that does that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think why, why I keep doing it. It's like, um, that that's, there's something, there's something, uh, unique, beautiful, important about that experience. And, and if you find, if you find something that is that right, like you kind of want to see it again. Like if you, if you go to, you know, the ocean for the first time and you see it and you're like, wow, this is incredible. Like there's no part of you that when you go home, you're like, I never want to see the ocean again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, so, um, been there, done that. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I, at least I don't understand that. Maybe right, somebody right, has right, thought right. that in the history of ever, but, um, but yeah, I think, you know, when you, when you find those kinds of things, and for me, certainly that's been, been musical experiences by and large, um, you know, you want to find ways to create that again. And you want, and I mean, for me too, it's like, who are the other musicians that I can invite into this circle and, and like see what that experience is like? Cause it's always a little different, you know, it's, um, there's certainly a similar category for it, mm-hmm. but it's different with different people and different styles of music and different, you know, places that you're playing and all those sorts of things too. So when I was thinking about stories uh, that I have, I think they kind of connect with yours in this way where I was thinking about how um, easy it is for me to just be on autopilot like mm. to just do the thing, like just mm-hmm. play the song, like just um, kind of go through the motions. And those times where I've been pulled out of that tendency of mine and mm. like been grounded in what was actually happening. Um, and there's a couple of them that I thought about, so I'm also breaking the rules. <laughs> um, but one of them was I was going to graduate school in the Twin Cities and it was the first time living in a bigger city for me. And I didn't realize what that was doing to me i grew up on Mm. a farm as a kid so like (laughs) having space was what i grew up with and what i was used to um and went to a small town for college so yeah um was ready for a big city adventure but didn't realize what it would do to me and i remember um driving back to my parents for some family dinner thing and getting out of my car and walking to the front door and then stopping and looking up at the sky and seeing Mm. like dark sky with stars (laughs) and feeling like oh i'm here and i can breathe yeah and like just being struck by awe and wonder and relating that to other times where i just stopped and looked at the sky and Mm -hmm. recognized where i was and a little bit of like who i am Mm. in those moments um and i think like we can find that all over in nature, whatever your thing is, whether it's the ocean or mountains or a sky full of stars, there's something about that that pulls you Mm -hmm. into the moment. Um, And the other one I thought of was I worked retail for a hot minute um, (laughs) at the Mall of America. Just how hot was that? (laughs) (laughs) Depended on the day and how the air conditioning was doing. Um, But I worked at a store at the Mall of America and when I had actually left that job and then they were looking for people to help out with um, Black Friday mm-hmm. and some part of my brain was like, Black Friday at the Mall of America, that'll be fun. Yeah, I've heard you say that before and I know uh, I just don't understand I, it. I don't know what to make of it really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly not sure either. Some part of my brain was like, I can do that. That'll be fun. I'm and still like... in a turkey coma at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. 
for some reason, I thought it would be wonderful. So um, I drove up ridiculously early to the Mall of America and got there and parked on the top floor of the ramp and like um, got to the store and walked in. And it was one of those moments where like you're just doing the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like I was just saying hi to people. I wasn't even like pointing them to anything. I was Mm -hmm. just supposed to stand in front and (laughs) say hi. Um, And so I was doing that and it was all good and it was fun to see like there were some people that were there and like ready to shop and like get their thing and they had their list. And then there were some people there that were like just clutching onto their coffee for dear life. <laughs> and like their kids were screaming and they looked like I am too – it is too early for this. Like I, I understand clutching onto coffee. Right. That would totally be me. If I had the ability <laughs> to do it as while working, I probably would have. Um, but it was just – it was honestly fun to see the different uh, – like all the varieties of people that were coming mm-hmm. and shopping at the Mall of America on Black Friday. And I was doing the like retail thing, smiling and greeting people. And then this one older gentleman, probably in his like 70s, walked in with his family and his family immediately like ran to all the different, you know, shiny things and were <laughs> looking at everything. And he just kind of stopped and says, hey, how's it going? And he's like, good. And I was like, are you tired? And he goes, no. And then he looked at me and he said, but how are you doing? And I was like, I'm great. This is awesome. You know, like having fun. And he goes, no, how are you doing? (laughs) And it was that moment of like, oh, (laughs) like that pulled me out of the, you know, Mm -hmm. just like be happy and greet to people and into the reality of, no, I'm actually doing well. Like I'm actually Mm -hmm. here um, and actually really enjoying this. And it was fun to be pulled out of the um, out of the autopilot and into the reality even with like, I'm actually having fun doing this, you know? Um, and it was just really great to talk to him and and feel like truly cared for and seen in this 30-second mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, yeah. I, I see the connection between these two, and, and maybe maybe I'm way off, but I just think about the, the stars mm-hmm. in the sky, which is kind of always there, unless right. you're chicken little, right? <laughs> I mean, like, the sky is always there, um, and sometimes we don't see it. Mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And the other is always there, and sometimes we don't always mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. the other. Yeah, and and in both, it, you know, like you said, seeing and being seen, mm-hmm. um, it's, mm-hmm. it's a powerful thing, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe I would ask. So how do you how do you compare those two, seeing and being seen? How do you compare the two? Your experience in the mall, and the, the experience of of seeing the sky. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it's being, I th- yeah, I think it's two sides of the same coin kind of a deal where sometimes being seen is what we really need and we feel like we're not being seen for whatever reason or we're just part of the background. And we, once we are seen like that, once someone actually takes the time to acknowledge us and talk to us and ask how we're doing, we feel like we are known and recognized. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need that other person to kind of bring you to that mm-hmm. moment. And I think on the other side, when you are the one to recognize something, you remember who you are or you remember that you have a place in this world because you're the one seeing that thing. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of either someone drawing you into that place or you yourself recognizing that you can be there? We, we had Pete Rollins on the podcast uh, some years ago now, um, but he had a thing that he said, not not on our podcast, I heard him talk another time, that saying that, you know, 
we don't notice the light in the room. Mm-hmm. Mm. We don't look at the light and just stare at the light. We, the light illuminates the people in the room and, the, and that which we, we see. It brings it from the background into the fore. Mm-hmm. And he would argue that that's what love does. Love illuminates. Mm-hmm. Love brings people, people and things into existence. It, that guy was expressing love in, in, in the best of all possible ways by bringing you into existence. And actually, love illuminated him as well because mm-hmm. he's the nameless faces that you saw on that day a few years back on Black Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's the one you remember. Right. Right. He's mm. the one you're talking about all these years later. I mean, mm-hmm. so there's something powerful mm. that 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 love illuminates the the other and and and, and also the, that that which we experience through creation. My turn. <laughs> 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 what were you saying, Carrie? Gather around, children, <laughs> for a story. Um, yeah, you know. So we've talked about it a few times. I was on sabbatical. Uh, this last spring and, and summer, and uh, in some ways, it feels like a million years ago, hmm. but uh, it was just a few months ago. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, but we've said over the time, you know, I would be able to share more experiences as we go. We had one podcast kind of dedicated to it, but you know, we in that last podcast, I read a couple of things that I wrote over over the course of the three months, and uh, I, I wrote a lot of different things and a lot of different reflections. So I'd like to share one of those as my story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took place on May 17th and of 2019. I was in Glasgow, Scotland. Hotel I was staying was right on the city square. So the main city square of, of Glasgow, I am sitting having breakfast and I've got my laptop open and I'm looking out at this bustling square of all the people and buses and people going, you know, there was a, a university not not too far from where we were, and all of that was was happening right there. There's the train station; everything is right there. Mm-hmm. And so this is the scene. This is the maybe the picture that I painted with my words, and I'll I'll share it with you guys now. I'm sitting here at the city center of Glasgow, Scotland, watching people come and go. Behind me, two men are finalizing a business deal. In front of me, buses drop off and deliver commuters. Students are making their way to class. Briefcase and bag-carrying workers are hustling off to their jobs. There are construction workers repairing a building, and a pigeon is perched and likely pooping on top of a statue. (laughs) Several people walk by with coffee cups filled with hot beverages. There's another guy sitting on the pavement holding a cup out for loose change. It feels like seven out of ten people who walk by me have a distant, distracted, vacant stare. A worker is picking up trash in the park. An old guy tosses bread to the birds. Three guys in blaze orange jumpsuits are cracking up laughing as they walk to a construction site. Today, this town square seems like the pulsing center of the universe. But I'm sitting here with no place to be. No business to conduct. I feel like I'm on the outside of reality looking in for a moment. I feel like a kid peering into a fishbowl, periodically tapping it to watch what happens next. It is at the same time glorious and disturbing. I spend most of my life in the, in the hustle, mind racing, heart pumping, thinking two steps of head, not being present to what is before me. But not today. Today I am watching the world dance right in front of me as if for my very own entertainment. 
Nobody knows me. Nobody cares. And I'm really okay with that. I wonder what is so important. I wonder what would happen if we all stopped our agendas, our business, our work, and walked away for a morning or an afternoon or a season. Would it matter? Would it be better? Would it be worse? Would it all crumble to the ground? A guy with a neck tattoo and a cigarette walks by, holding hands with a woman, and they are both lost in conversation. Would it be a bad thing if everyone took a break? Does anybody really know that I am sitting here watching them in a curious, voyeuristic, borderline creepy way? (laughs) Do they know that I am watching them scurry around like ants on an anthill? A woman rides by, by on her bike without a helmet at intense speeds with two, between two double-decker buses. I don't know what any of this means or why any of it matters. A street sweeper starts sweeping, but I guess that's how the world works, and I guess that's how the world looks, for today at least. So the, as you were reading that, the, the thing that stuck out to me was just like, how normal like i just kind of i heard some echoes of what kind of what you were saying carrie i think like Mm -hmm. how normal and just like everybody just goes on does their thing Mm -hmm. and i'm sure there were people that were very aware of what they were doing and like totally you know mindful and purposeful as they're walking across that city square right Mm but um just kind of it's all just happening and like and there's, there's something really, I think, unique and, and cool and, and beautiful about that when we notice it. But so many of us are just doing our thing, too, mm-hmm. that we so rarely get the opportunity to step outside of it in that way yeah. and see it. You know, I think, I think like, each of these experiences for us and each of the stories we told are, are in some way maybe our, our chances at stepping outside of it and seeing it differently. Mm-hmm. But, um, but to see the whole like that is, uh, is, I think, pretty unique. I just think that's really cool. Yeah, I was curious as you were reading, um, because you were on sabbatical when you wrote this, Mm -hmm. and you were in Glasgow, Mm -hmm. and so far separated from your normal everyday routine. So I'm just wondering how that aided you in being able to see Mm -hmm. this. Yeah. No, I mean, that's crucial to it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a a disruption in life, in a a self-inflicted disruption <laughs> to, be, to be able to see, to, to be able to see, to be able to feel again. Um, I think about what occurred to me as I was sitting there is that this was just one city in one spot. Mm-hmm. Like this is happening in, you know, it, this is happening in Albany, New York right now. This is happening in Tallahassee, Florida. Mm-hmm. It's happening in Tokyo. It's happening, you know, all over the world. Mm-hmm. At some point, in t- it, people are just doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And, and we just to, to be on the outside looking in uh, is a unique opportunity that you have to be completely purposeful, at least I do, to be able to, to see it and experience it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some ways, it was kind of like this choreographed dance. I will never forget that woman on the bike between two double-decker buses. They were all going the same speed. And I don't know if there was four feet on either side of her, <laughs> these buses. I'm like, oh, man. It's a Maalox moment. But it was just, yeah, no, I, I, it, was, it was crazy. It mm. was crazy and, and, and beautiful all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you – what do you feel like you came away with about your own – pattern or your own self from that 
I remember thinking it's going to be a hard thing to merge back into that reality. Mm. Mm. I mean, I was, you know, at that point, sabbatical really had just begun, but I was just starting to see again and merging back into the, um, merging back into that kind of pace is in a pace that many of us, you know, live in. This is a hard thing. Mm -hmm. I think it was uh, Lily Tomlin, uh, the comedian who said, uh, the problem with the rat race is even if you win, you're still a rat. <laughs> um, and and I think some of that started to dawn on me at that mm -hmm. point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did the experience of sabbatical and moments like this where you were able to step out, has it made it easier to step out and see again as you've returned to your routine? Like, have you gotten some practice with it? Or mm. being back and in the routine, is it just, <laughs> just business it as normal? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it... It's been really hard to 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 get back to that point, mm -hmm. honestly. Um, it's it, and that's I wish I, I wish I could have something. I wish I could say it differently. Yeah. Uh, on my on my uh, my computer at at work, I've got um, a, a picture of my family from sabbatical while we were hiking in the mountains in Montana, and sometimes I just look at that picture and go, oh, <laughs> that was like a dream." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, so there's the part that you want to kind of recapture that. And you know what's possible. Like once you've mm -hmm. tasted, mm -hmm. you've tasted it. You know, right. once you've seen it, you've seen it. And I, I, I want back in uh, with, with that. But, but I think there's got to be a, a way of doing it that's not um, – that that's not divorced from the complete routine of of life, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is what sabbatical is. Is kind of a right. fantasy land in some some right. respects. So. Yeah, and there's got to be there's got to. I mean, it's probably not the same pattern as as the time you were away, right? But there's got to be a way that uh, feels a little more uh, like in tune and connected with with uh, some of those kind of important and good moments mm -hmm. uh, that still values the fact that we're all people that have jobs and things to do and, mm -hmm. you know, families to be part of and whatever. Mm -hmm. There's got to, there's got to be a better, uh, some sort of better middle ground. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> the, the problem is that you fight muscle memory and mm -hmm. muscle memory will always take you back to where you were mm -hmm. unless you are intentional about c correcting that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, yeah, but yes, it, it is a learning experience and, mm -hmm. and your eyes are open to, to new things. And, um, and as long as I know that that, that scene is happening mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's happening right here in the city that I live in, maybe I need to start paying attention to it here too. So today you heard three distinct perspectives and experiences. And I, and I would say that they were three distinct perspectives and experiences of the divine. You'll notice that we didn't use any particularly Jesus-y language, didn't talk about God or use church speak wasn't really necessary. If something is holy and good and true, well, then it's holy and good and true, and that's it. The holy and divine isn't confined to a building or a hierarchy or a set of rules or a book. It's infused through all things. It's saturating all of reality. It is experienced in music and at concerts, through the dark night skies, through friends, walks in nature, ordinary days. It is. It, it just is. Take it a step further. In Celtic spirituality, there is an understanding that everyone has an intuitive sense of the divine. 
The red lights start flashing on our radar when we become aware of the transcendent in the fleeting moment. When the hair on the back of your neck stands up, when your heart skips a beat, even as you somehow are, in, are able to exhale and rest at the same time. All people are hardwired that way. It's baked into our DNA. Maybe you've never read the Bible. Maybe you've never walked through a church door or sang a hymn or whatever. I would guess that you've experienced joy. You've experienced, you've, you've known peace. You've witnessed beauty. You've felt love. And if that's true, then you've experienced the divine. You may have other words for it, and you probably do. But I'll argue that when you feel and experience any of these things, take notice. Because you are standing on holy ground. As you move forward in the days to come, what would it look like in one of these awesome breathtaking moments to be mindful, to pause, just breathe it all in, and be open to the presence of the transcendent, divine, that thrives in that very moment? It may not happen when you think, or according to our schedules and expectations, but when it happens, may you be ready to sit back, enjoy, and take it all in. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Sandbox Cooperative Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with all things going on in the Sandbox, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or sign up at our mailing list at sandboxcooperative.com. You can also rate and review us on iTunes and join us in the conversation. And as always, be sure to share this podcast with someone who might like it. There's always more room in the sandbox. But until next time. We'll see ya. Bye. Please watch your step as you exit the sandbox.